Hi, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here today. Um, a frequent visitor will be by shortly because it's that time of the year as we gear up. Uh, usually the first Saturday or so. This year, October 7th, Promenade Park, AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the Out of the Darkness Walk. This will be my 10th one. And um, if you didn't see it on my social, um, uh, a, a, a picture that I was tricked in the sending was part of the reason, a bit of a catalyst into how I wound up hosting my, or being invited to host the very first one that I was a part of in 2014. That's that's on one of these podcast episodes from previous months or years, or it'll be in the book that I never write. Uh, Megan will be along shortly. I want to ask her now that her suicide attempt was in 2017. She's been a part of AFSP for four or five, six years now. Um, I want to know what she has added to her tool belt because um, your mind is changing. That's why you've got to keep up with medications, change them, learn new coping skills because thankfully we are always finding new ways to be better human beings. Uh, As far as health is concerned, we are not short on ways to be jerks. Um, I'm going to ask how what Megan has added to her array, her, to her arsenal to make sure she stays in a good spot. Uh, before we get to that, um, the my daily thought as I as I try to untangle my thoughts of um, the strike, um, which might have more people on it by the end of the week. Some people have uh, been without work because the places that have workers on strike have decided to lay off workers. Um, the UAW, the union, will include those people who are not in the union but part of um, the strike pay, which is like $500 a week. At least I think I have that right. Um, And that doesn't last forever. And that's one of my fears that I didn't throw out at you at the last couple of days. I I think the UAW will, will, if this was zero sum, I think they would get a win and the uh, auto companies would get the loss. But in most cases, I always believe that management uh, and the employers will get the win because we're usually talking about big corporations and because of what the workers are fighting for, more pay, because there is such a disparity. And as we talked about yesterday, um, wages have not kept up with inflation. Um, Workers on strike can't last as long as they might have decades ago because things cost a lot more. You might have been able to go on strike for six months, 60 years ago. Now you can only afford six days because things are so expensive and your wages didn't keep up with that. Some would say that that is... uh, that's how the system was set up. That's how the system was rigged within capitalism. Um, I like to think that there are just uh, bad players in all forms of government and economies. If it wasn't capitalism, it would be something else. That And, and how people participate in that would be another something that people would complain about in that system. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think, I hope the workers will get a win here. And then, of course, I hope that those, uh, that, that the costs and the wage increases and everything else that the workers want from um, the motor companies, uh, the car companies don't get pushed back on us um, when that car was $34,000. Now, all of a sudden, it's $38,000. 
Um, there is plenty of greed in corporate America. And when is enough money enough? I get it. That the money and those zeros can be addicting. I, and I'm, I'm guessing that's the only reason I can imagine why you continue to want to add zeros and keep pay from people and raise prices. The zeros have to be addicting. Um, I, I wrote this down as a note. I guess I'm kind of envious or jealous of so many people within their right and deserving of um, asking for raises because I can't get one in what I do. My industry, as I tell you, is always shrinking and eroding. Um, my version of a raise is getting to keep my job when uh, when cuts happen. And they, they, thankfully, knock on wood, there hasn't been many here, but at iHeart, when I was there, it was like an annual thing, if not twice a year. I was part of them twice in December 2012. I was anticipating. And then when uh, the morning show went away on June 7th of 2017, they were part of employee reductions. So me getting raised is just getting to keep my job. Um, if, if I... Like I tell you, if you want to make more money or if you don't like what you do, go get another job. There's plenty of other places hiring. Still, you might not have as many choices as uh, before, as a year ago, but there's plenty of places today. I read something that, that the uh, unions of all kinds want more mental health benefits um, as as they, they should. And it makes me think of there are places that destroy, there are workplaces that destroy people's mental health. Um, and you can leave those places. There are other place, places that will tend to your mental health and maybe put you in a good mental health spot. You don't have to be in this prison of of, of a job. Money's great, but you go home every day and you, you have whatever vices because it's the only way you can get to work the next day. So all those zeros in your bank account, not as much as the employers, but you like getting that money, it's not worth the mental health anguish. So I should tell myself, Eric, if you want to make more money, uh, go get another job. Well, I like what I do, especially after doing the uh, the radio station transition a couple of weeks ago to 90s and 2000s. That was a really fun project to work on. I think I'm pretty good at what I do. Doing what I do allows me to have a platform in the community to not just be famous or popular, but to do good, to talk about these causes that are so important. Wendy and hung, kids hunger yesterday, today, in a couple of minutes here. Um, Megan and mental health and uh, combating suicide. So I like what I do. So um, if I want or need to make more money, I will have to find a supplemental uh, job. Like when I was helping my friend with the, the meal preps a couple of years ago, that was an extra like 60 bucks a week. I am not going to willingly leave what I do. I like the people that I work with. My um, top level manager is one of the best people I've ever worked for. Um, she is a friend. So um, yeah, I, I, I really can't ask for a raise. Um, in fact, I, I would she might say, look, you know what we do here. I, I can't give you any money. I know. I, so I'm not even going to ask. Um, all right. Well, one more quick thing. Sylvania is the latest to consider one of these um, flock cameras. They're license plate readers. And I think I'm pretty sure the, all the cameras in Toledo do not work. But that was just a Toledo thing. If Toledo wanted to turn those on, it was not going to get money from the state. Um, turn them back on get the money and keep the roads safer. Um, it, it, 
I got the phrase I was expecting in this article on 13abc.com. They take pictures of license plate numbers and detect car just by color, make, and model. The purpose is to stop crime and catch criminal activity sooner. Um, some local residents, this is copy and paste from every single one of these stories. Um, some local residents are concerned that the new device is another invasion of privacy. Uh, according to one of these officials here, city council, it doesn't go on the web. It doesn't go to other services. We keep it and we only retain it for a 30 day period unless there's an open investigation. And again, the, the phrase that always pops up here, this is an invasion of privacy. Um, I think that's hypocritical, uh, not an invasion of privacy, but an assault of hypocrisy. Um, we, you, I put willingly and in a wanton fashion, put so much information out, out there every single day. Um, but you want to say this is an invasion. You put far worse stuff than that. Uh, out for public consumption, private consumption, all over your social media pages, and maybe not necessarily you, but you know who I'm talking about. And I told you before, track my cookies. I want you to sell me things that you think I will want. Take them. Good. I know you're trying to make money. I get that. But maybe you, a couple of weeks ago, for whatever the hell I clicked on, I found an Optimus Prime hat and an Eagles hat I really liked. My behavior online wasn't being tracked, I might not have bought that. Well, they just they just made money. And the idea of marketing is to sell you something that you don't want. But then maybe you realize that that's kind of a cool purchase. The only kind of privacy um, I'm truly concerned about is like uh, someone seeing me take a shower. And even then, I don't really care. Now, I don't want anything privy to my um, really important numbers, debit card, and um, social all those things. That, that should go without saying. And look, a lot of the things that many people do because they're not careful, but they want to make certain purchases, they're, they're not as careful as they should be. Those numbers and stuff like that is out there, but you don't want to potentially make places safer. I'll wrap it up with this. Um, this is to combat crime. Let's say uh, you were one of the people in Sylvania against the, these cameras, and they don't—they don't come online. Let's say you were the third person in a string of break-ins, and your home or business was robbed. Well, shoot! Only if we would have had those cameras up, we might have been able to catch this person after the first one. But sorry, invasion of privacy. So instead of an invasion of privacy, which is very unlikely to happen, you had an invasion of your home. Let's dive into a good friend with a great story. Um, and great fortitude and a great resilience. And I'm happy to have her on and can't wait to see her again, hopefully you, October 7th, for the Out of the, for the, out of the Darkness walk. Let's welcome back the one and only <laughs> Megan Scott for our annual discussion um, about the upcoming October 7th Out of the Darkness walk with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Before we go any further, I gave the date. Give me some of the quick details and then we'll dive into the conversation. Absolutely. So... The Out of the Darkness Walk uh, by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is taking place October 7th downtown at Promenade Park. Uh, Registration begins at 9.30, opening ceremony at 11.30 with the walk beginning at noon. Uh, We will have uh, multiple food trucks. Uh, We have different vendors and sponsors. Um, We've done a couple of additional Upgrades to the interaction and how it goes this year. Like what? Well, so we started last year with um, instead of like, 
people used to be able to write the names of the loved ones that they've lost mm-hmm. on a, a board and then we'd read them. And this year we actually are going back to, we did it last year and we're doing it again this year. We're having a memory tent. So you can come to the memory tent. We encourage you to write out a memory. And then we have different um, areas of that tent that you can hang it up on. So if you're coming down to the walk, um, we'd love to have you. Uh, And if you want to be able to... um, be able to remember your loved one, go ahead and bring a picture and you can hang it in the memory tent. Just make sure it's a picture that you don't need returned. Um, so it's it's a whole new experience. And last year we had really good uh, uh, feedback that it that people enjoyed that and, and found it cathartic, cathartic. So we're doing it again this year. Yeah, we had read the names for a long, long time and they were on like three by five cards and it would take... Upwards of maybe 10 minutes to read them. Or longer, yeah. Or longer. And it, it, it's a lot of names. It kind of stifles the day a little bit. And it can be extremely sad and, and very morbid. And I know some people really, there's probably some people who were upset that we don't do that anymore. But um, I like the memory tent a lot. What what happens with it after the day or the event? So... You know, after the walk, if when you've walked the course and you come back, you're always more than welcome to take, you know, your picture, your your memory card back. But we are saving them from year to year, um, and just kind of saving them. I we haven't decided what we are if you know we're going to redisplay them or what. But you know, it's not like they get thrown out. We right. are saving them, and and um, we'll figure out a way to honor them and. Each year, so we have uh, we have honor beads as well. What mm-hmm. are those? Was it the first year we did that last year? Oh no, we've had honor beads. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So honor beads. So that is a a big thing through out of the darkness. And so what they are is each bead color represents either um, a loved one that you've lost. We have beads that are for if you personally struggle. We have beads for if um, you. Uh, are supporting and there's there's different colors so you go up to the bead table it'll explain to you what each bead color is and you pick the beads that apply to you and 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 you wear them for the day and actually a lot of people um, keep them I throughout the years have a lot of them but I um, keep my first set in my car and they're just they're always there. They're pretty bleached by now, but that's that's where I keep them. And it just reminds me of, um, you know, that I, I'm not alone, that I have support. Um, October 7th, Promenade Park registration. Uh, you can do that now online, correct, if you would like? Which yeah, the- so you go to afsp.org slash Toledo, and that'll take you to the site that talks about the walk, and it'll tell you how to register. Uh, but if you aren't able to register, we still want you to come down. Uh, down at the park that morning, we will have ways for you to register while you're there. And that is the biggest thing is is the registration. It's it's the whole walk, the whole experience is free. There's nothing you have to, to, to pay for or buy. Um, but we do want you to register so we know who was there and um, can provide any additional outreach. It would be great if uh, you could raise 150 bucks though, because you get a pretty cool looking shirt. Yeah, so that is actually one of the new things this year. I don't know if you saw the shirts last year; they it, were different. Uh, I don't remember them. I they, just, saw it's on the website this year. I like that one. Yeah. So, um, 
they they used to just say um, something to the effect of walk to prevent suicide. Well, they are like upgrading, and now it's a whole different T-shirt, which you can you can see a, a, an example on the website. So yeah, if you raise one hundred and fifty dollars um, through donations, and and uh, it'll, the website tells you how to do that, you'll get a uh, free T-shirt that day. A, a very expensive but memorable and important T-shirt. <laughs> well, right, but it's I mean I. You know, I wear, I have a lot of them, and I wear them out in the community, and almost every single time I wear an AFSP t-shirt, I get people coming up to me saying, hey, I like your shirt, and then, you know, I get to share about the walk, and it's, yeah, it's, the the shirts are just another way of showing support, so. How, how is being in this position now that uh, our friend Rachel is kind of retired into mom life and other things. And you're like, uh, Peggy, the walk chair is like right and probably left hand. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that we would like to be able to, to grow is, you know, we are a, a small core group, but we would love for people to come and volunteer for us. And not just on the day of the walk, we usually are, are good on day of walk, but you know, we do. We actually do things all year long for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So we do different, um, we call them tabling events, where we go to community events and we have a table. We give out um, resources, literature. We talk to people. We advertise the walk. Um, we do probably about, I don't know, six or seven parades a year or more. Um we have different educational pieces that we can provide to the community. So we're always looking for volunteers. You can get that information also on the site. Uh, and um, just reach out to Peggy and her contact information is there on that main page. So. The website, uh, whether it's the local walk part or, or the parent site, there there is just a, a trove of helpful information. Um, walking someone through... Maybe they're they're they've had suicidal thoughts, or they have made an attempt. Like the whole process, <clears throat> bad to good. Um, what have you found helpful on there that maybe you've passed along to someone on that website? I know there's a program called Sad. I think that's with with teenagers. There's just so much there. Where do you usually push people to on the site? Yeah, so it's 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 called More Than Sad, and it is geared towards teenagers. Um, you know the the thing about the website is. It has most of the literature that we pass out when we do tabling events is there, but we it is it provides different um, like it explains how you can use coping mechanisms. Um, it explains okay, so you you need a outside resource or you need to go to a support group. It lists that um, a lot of it is uh, it goes state by state, so it it allows you to pick what state you want to look for the resources in. So, you know, it's, I personally like it because it gives, I'm, I'm kind of nerdy. And so I like the kind of the statistic stuff. So I like to learn that and, and be able to use that when uh, I talk to people about this. I mean, cause it's, it is, it's a very sensitive subject, but um, I am, I'm not shy about talking about talking about it. Um, I plugged in four three six four three six one five um, into one of into the zip code bar, and it gave me a list of places 
that I'm familiar with, like mm-hmm. Zeph and Unison and Harbor and everybody else, and tons of places that I didn't, uh, I've never heard of. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm hoping they're quite helpful to people. Um, I know one of the things that you probably get asked, and I know me as well, people want resources, um, whether it's through their insurance or Medicaid or whatever, or pay out of pocket, whatever it is. Um, it can be hard to find the right place. It can be hard to get scheduled in. And I kept, I just kept scrolling and scrolling and there were so many places out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. If you're in crisis, the last thing you want to do is sort through red tape of, you know, looking for a place to go. And there's just so much on that website that's so incredibly helpful. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I, I want to make sure that, um, we talk about is is if you're having a crisis or a, you know somebody who is um, just within the last year there's a new crisis line you don't have to 988 988 that's right so you know it's it's very um, it's very simple to remember and you just you know you can call it or text it and uh, they can also give you local resources there's actually a local brand or like Ohio type um, resource that they can give you resources if you call 988. Uh, it's, uh, we talked about that a, a year ago. It was just getting up and running um, July of last year. And I know that a lot of the money that's raised through AFSP um, went into pushing that that forward. And it is incredibly vital. Like I know we get a lot of use here for 211 for United Way. A lot of people are familiar, obviously, with 911. But 988 is also about saving lives as well. Yeah. And it's... You know, the, the people that you will um, engage with when you call that, they are professionally trained. Um, you know, it's it's very, um, it's it's just, we're so excited that, that it's out there now for, for the mental health community, that they have a, a very easy number to remember. Otherwise, it was, you know, one of the six-digit numbers you can text. And, and, and now it's it's down to the, the basic three that a lot of places have. So. I don't know. Th- I don't know the previous hotline. It was 1-800-273-something. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember you could text like 721-721. 741-741. And you still can. Um, oh, yeah. You can still use all of the old numbers and the old resources. But, you know, when you're in that moment, it's just easier to remember yep. 988. Do you know of anybody who has used that um, in the last year since it's been up and running? I don't. Um, I know, um, I know. you know, we have really pushed that and we've... I have been in contact with um, to the Toledo police chief that does all of the the schools. Mm-hmm. And so we've provided their officers with um, little cards that, that say the 988 so they can give them out to students in the schools. And, you know, I... I think that that's great that she wants to work with us and and go from there. Uh, when you're out doing events and whatnot, people are coming to you looking for help. What? How have the questions changed um, since you first started doing this? And now that we've been through a whole pandemic with this, how have the questions changed? How has the interaction changed? What's different in your perspective and opinion now that you're deeper into this? I don't know if the questions have changed, but it's more that people are open about it and you'll get more people interacting with you. Um, is it still a, a taboo subject? Yes, but you get more you get more people interacting and I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, um, you know, I've lost a loved one or this is something that I struggle with. Uh, I can think of an example just this year we were down at Pride and a nice young woman came up to us and and just 
you know, started talking about her struggles and how she's, you know, struggled on and off with mental health. And, you know, we were able to provide her with some resources. So, you know, it's people are more open to discussing it. And I think that that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. It took a, sadly, it took a pandemic and the way life has changed from 2020 on to get people to be more invested in it. And you're, you're right. There's, there's, I, I, I read things from friends online or I'll go places and I'll still hear the same nonsense of white men, my age. Yeah. Um, they refuse to talk about their mental health, no matter the distress you can see that this person is in and people in uh, communities of color. But we're making some headway, but it just took a big price. There's a big cost of the pandemic to get people to finally open up their eyes and go, I got to take care of what's going on inside, inside my skull like I do the rest of my body. What's something, since you have been tending to your mental health now since your suicide attempt, mm-hmm. what year was that? Uh, 2017. If you look up Eric Chase and Megan Scott and suicide, you can find plenty of recordings <laughs> of Megan and I. Uh, we could we could rerun that back. But uh, what have you learned since then? What have you added to your tool belt to make sure you don't go down that path again, no matter how dark the room can be some days? Well, you know, it's interesting that you asked me that question because I, I was literally just kind of sitting here thinking back through the years. And I remember one of the first times I met you, we were having coffee and I was sharing with you that, you know, one of the things that I struggled with was being consistent with my medication. It was at Starbucks on airport. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I always struggled with being consistent with my medication. Um, you know, does anybody want to take pills every day? No, not really. But, you know, when you look at it as, you know, if you take a pill every day for your blood pressure because it normalizes your blood pressure, the medication that you take for mental health regulates the chemical imbalance in your brain. And Instead of your heart exploding, your brain would explode. I don't, I, I don't, I don't grasp why you wouldn't want to take a pill, regardless of what it's for, to stay alive. I can't right. wrap my head around it. Well, and I think some of it is just, you know, one of the things that goes along with mental health is lack of consistency. And so it's, you know, it's developing those routines. And so this, so that was what, four years ago? 2017? No, no, when we first got, so 20, yeah, something like that. Anyway, so you had said to me that day, you said, so just make it part of your routine. You brush your teeth, you take your medicine. And that is literally what I have done. I'm so smart. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) well, no, but that's literally pretty much what I've done since that day is develop that routine. Um, And it, you know, it, it works. And it's interesting because you think I don't need the pill or I don't need that medicine. I'm just going to use my coping mechanisms or whatever. You know, you know, when you're not taking them or taking them right or, you know, or, or they're starting to not work as well. You just, you feel it. And it, it's just, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know why anybody would not want to take it. I get, I get that it, developing that habit but you just you feel so much better and if whoever is prescribing those pills to you um doesn't explain to you that this is not an antibiotic this is not amoxicillin like you're staying on this and we might have to change it or adjust it but if you want to be in this better place that you sitting here have admittedly we've gotten you to you have to take this stuff like you can't just go i feel better and get off of it you said you know i'll just use my coping skills i 
I was probably using 62% of my coping skills before I found the right medication. Now I'm probably at a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't do that without my medications, like corralling my mind. Mm-hmm. It's funny you bring up the, uh, me telling you to incorporate into your teeth brushing thing. Cause I've been on this like BS self-care nonsense, um, that, I see a lot of people putting like a lot of stock into that and it's a buzzword it's pop psychology whatever and I've kind of tried to twist it over to like mental health hygiene Um, oh yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't not brush your teeth every day I mean you might I don't know you're I I recommend I I just for the record you yes Uh, like the stuff that we do every day Uh, we brush our teeth we some people floss you (laughs) bathe most most people bathe regularly you trim your toenails like do the same thing for up here rather than going me and the girls were going to get massages on Friday and putting all the eggs into that basket just do the little things every day so you don't have to worry about that big event and and it's okay if you can only do those little things every day. Like if that that's all you can muster, like there there are some days when that's all some people can muster is to get out of bed and wash their face. Like that's okay. Don't stay in that try not to stay in that place. But, you know, that's it's okay to but develop those those routines and you know, my husband always got on me about um, having routines and doing all that, and I always, I always fought him. I've always been that like, like I don't want to use the word rebel, but you know, I've always not wanted to have a routine. And now that I have one, I, like it just makes a world of difference. It's funny you say it like face washing, um, and it's just like little teeny tiny things. And if you add them up, they can take the place of. Not everybody needs medication. <laughs> um, bless you. Sorry. You have a nasty little cold I right know, there. I know, I um, know. Like the, the teeny tiny things, if you add them up, they can give you that momentum. Like it's it sounds ridiculous and we hated doing this when we were kids. But I encourage people, make your bed in the morning because it, it gives you like a teeny tiny sense of accomplishment. Like you did something to start your day and it's just that little tick of momentum. Um, and you can see how momentum works in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just needs that little flick and face washing. Whatever you can do, like first thing in the morning to start your start off on the right side of the bed. Right. To give yourself a little kick to get through the day, especially when that sludge that comes over all of us at different times. And it can linger, as we know, for weeks and weeks. And why we have a walk, because that sludge that can put people in a very dark and sometimes deadly place. And I... You know, start start small. Start with, you know, like like we're saying, the, the face washing or, you know, you get up every day and you drink eight ounces of water first thing. Those habits will grow. And part of the reason why I am where I am today, well, there's, there's many reasons, but um, I, <laughs> I get up at 3.15 every day and go to the gym for over an hour. And it feels amazing. I don't do it for, I mean, I do it for health, but I don't necessarily do it to lose weight or anything like that. I do it because, I mean, I just feel amazing when I get home in the morning and I start my day and it has made a world of difference. Don't start there. Don't start with, oh, I'm going to get up at 3.15 every day and go to the gym. It's too hard. Because you, I mean, it's, I mean, you might make it, but I doubt (laughs) it. I don't know. Maybe you will. But I've worked, I have worked up to that, and yeah. now that is part of my routine, and I just, I do it. And if I don't do it, my husband's like, "Why didn't you get up this morning and go to the gym?" 
Um, but it's, you know, work up to things like that, but start small, you yeah, know, it's definitely start small. Like any habit. That's a big ask. And <laughs> if it's that heavy of a lift, uh, you're not going to last the amount of time needed to make it a habit. And the next time the opportunity arises to make a good habit change, you're going to go, no, it doesn't work. Yeah. So that's why you need to start small. I mean, don't, don't start with those big things like... You know, I'm going to get up and go to the gym every day. That's, you know, it's not realistic. You need to start smaller than that. I see we raised about, we raised about $28,000. You're one of the top money raisers. Well done. Oh, um, <laughs> we got to get to $55,000 so we can make all these resources as available as possible and so that we can invite more people into this world to address the problems that they might not be thinking about or stigma is preventing them from potentially staying alive, which you have bashed your way through and the routine has, you know, we all have the bad days. You said you had a bad day. It wasn't feeling good before we started, but you're here. Yeah. You're and here. And John would kick your ass if you weren't oh, around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I really want to like encourage everybody to be able to reach out for those resources, to look at them, to interact with them. Um, that's the most important part is is finding those coping those coping skills those support systems those safety nets that are going to be there for you when you're having those bad days and that's that's how i make it through um when i have bad days is is falling into those safety nets that i've taken years to build yeah you don't really need them when you're going well i, I there's thing i like everybody's a captain in calm seas um anyone anyone to steer the ship ship when it's a day yeah. like this it's the bad days when you got to dive into those things you got to knock yourself up at, i mean you got to get yourself up at 315 and you push through that and mm-hmm. you wind up having a better day just because you made that one move um october 7th promenade park how many walks have you been to now mm, this would be number six this is my 10th no, well, you know. I wonder, what I, is Rachel going to gift me something this year that I have to be really excited about? Last year, I got a glass dreidel. Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's a, I'll have to reach out to her. I don't know. Uh, she'll, she'll be at the registration tent because um, like, she is one of the few people that can run that tent. Right. It's a little more complicated than any of the other tents. But, right. Uh, it's a welcoming environment. So many resources available. It's a, maybe a good foot in the door if somebody wants to do what so many others have started to do in the last almost four years. Tend to what's going on in between their ears. Uh, Megan Scott, as always, thank you for the visit. Mm-hmm. And I, I look forward to this every year, coming in and talking with you. So. All right. We're done. <laughs>